0: Like I said, what it do? This is your boy Alpha doing the place to be. The place to be is Street Talk Podcast. We on here with your man Chaz Splash. What it do? What's
1: good,
0: y'all? Oh man, it's nothing. I'm just up here just chilling. You know, basically, like I said, you know, we started this podcast so if, you know, you know, for you the people, you know, you new up and coming artists, you got something to say. You know, this is the place for you to go ahead and say it. And like I said, the stage is yours. This man right here, a phenomenal young man. I sit up here. I had, the, I had the pleasure to sit up here and listen to his album. Album comes out next month. Was that February the tenth? Yeah,
1: yeah, February tenth.
0: February tenth next month. And what you see, basically, uh, are you a conscious, rapper? Because that's that's the feeling that I get from what you know what I'm hearing. It sound to me, it sounds like some old school. Uh, let's go with some old boot camp, click OGC, um the Smith and Wesson. That, you know, that, I get that kind of feel from it.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say my my new album is in that golden era sound, the boom bap sound. That I would definitely say, my, like my major influences for this album were like Wu Tang.
0: Yes. So I know you got a uh, matter of fact. Speaking of Wu Tang, I think that's a uh, number ten. Track number ten, that's on that's on the album. Matter of fact, you got a lot of tracks that's on this album. Yeah. You got a lot of tracks that's on this album, yeah, and this song, I mean, uh, uh, basically, songs. I'm sorry, say it again.
1: I said, yeah, this song is 22
0: songs. 22 songs. So basically, I can listen to I can listen to your album, ride to DC and come back to Baltimore. <laughs> it still got a few more tracks to listen to. So yeah. some good riding music.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Like I say, let's go with number ten. Cause I, like I say, I mean from the conversation that we had before, that beat is banging. Or that number ten beat is banging. And
1: uh, on protect black women.
0: Yeah, Protect black women. That beat is banging. So, so who do the production on your um, on on your album?
1: The whole album is by me. I did the artwork. I did the production. I'm doing all the songwriting, all the performing. Everything was by me on this.
0: Wait a minute. So you saying you did everything? From engineering, you did the beats, production, everything.
1: Whole nine yards.
0: The whole nine yards. So, man, so basically you just just multi-talented.
1: Yeah, man. This album was From the Farm to the
0: Table. <laughs> so you just grew it. You grew it. Put a little seeds up in there, a little mustard seeds up in there. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. and. You know, so now you it just grew into Jack the Beanstalk. So now you up here trying. You know, we're out here now, just looking for that golden egg right now. Anyway.
1: Yeah, part of the reason I call this project "Do More Math" is because you know, in my experience growing up, like with math and stuff, getting better at math, the only way to really do it is like to keep practicing. And I looked at. Everything that I was doing with this project is just like an execution of practice. So rapping, making beats, uh, mixing and mastering, even the cover artwork. Like I did everything for the project. Yeah. So everything was really just an execution of further practice of my craft.
0: So so what was the inspiration? Because like I say, it's a lot of inspiration. You're doing some teaching right now, you know? I'm listening to some things on there, and you talk about 10% 10 nutrients and things like that. You know, you sound like you're a vegan or something like that.
1: (laughs) Uh, I I like veggies, for real. I still eat meat, though. I still eat burgers or whatever. But uh, I I have a lot of different influences for this album. Like, you know, my last project I released was in 2018. It was called Enjoy. And that was more so kind of like walking the line between, like, you know, like traditional golden era hip hop and like modern hip hop with uh, like trap beats and stuff like that. But uh, once the stuff happened with George Floyd, I don't know, like my whole mind just kind of shifted and my thought process on what I wanted to listen to kind of changed. And I wasn't really into just like hearing people kind of talk about anything. And I was kind of tired of just always hearing like the same beat on every song. And at the time, I was just listening to Mad Wu-Tang, and I recognized, like, wow, it's been 30 years since this album came out, and it still sounds good. It still sounds fresh. So I wanted to make something that was real timeless that explained my point of view in life.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what I got from it, because you got a couple of songs on there, like, uh, It Is What It Is. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I kind of figured out because, like I said, I heard the music and everything. I kind of figured out what the inspiration behind that one. But what's the inspiration behind that one as well? Because that's another one right there. I, <laughs> I actually listened to that twice. I listened to it riding over, going you know, going to meet up with one of my buddies real fast, and then I sit up there and I'm listening to Callaway from come outside. I said, you know what? Let me go rewind this track real quick because I had to hear what you had to say real fast. But tell me a little bit about that song right there. Man, it is what
1: it is. It's definitely like. I wanted to go further into that statement. I wanted to go further into that mentality and that that emotion that happens when you just say it is what it is. You hear about all types of bad stuff happening to people and just like stuff like the George Floyd thing and any type of situations you hear about black people dealing with police and similar situations. You know, we care about it, and then, you know, eventually people kind of get desensitized,
0: and you just get to a point where you're just like, it is what it is. Yeah, man, and that's sad, you know, know, in our community, because you can sit home, you can be outside, you can hear gunshots and everything, and it's like, oh, damn, they shooting again, it's like, you just numb to the the fact, because they've been going on for so long, and that's a great, man, that's a great segue for exactly 400 years, and you said one, you said one line inside, inside there, you said something about, um... We've been, we've been, they talked about uh, 9-11, but we've been going, something like we've been going through this for 400 years, and you talking, you know, 9-11 every day for us, and what you mean, and what you mean by that?
1: So, that song, I was just like, I had just visited Stone Mountain in Georgia, uh, I went hiking over there, and Stone Mountain is actually the site where the KKK was re-founded, yeah, exactly. and, you know, that just resonated with me, because I was just like... Just thinking about different stuff that I see going on all the time, and I was like, the same way people act so appalled about nine eleven. It's like Black people and Native Americans have been going through nine eleven every day for four hundred years.
0: Exactly. I mean, if and it's sad to say, it, you know, you come from our community, you know, you didn't done, done what you've been dealt with police brutality. This on the norm you're just an average guy walking back and forth to work going to school anything like that I and mean, you know because of they see us inside the community because they're not actually a part of the community they look at us as a threat they only look at us as what they see on television and yeah. it's like i mean me all right first time i ever went to mexico i seen a iguana i had never in my life been around iguana before and i ain't gonna lie I, I, we got big ass rats in Baltimore, I done been chased by dogs and everything, but a guarantee about this big, whatever. It ain't that big at all. And it scared me because what I saw on television, we like, okay, all right, I, this is a new creature. I've never seen this before. But like I'm saying the same thing, like with them, not saying, you know, defending anything that any under any, them any, anybody does, but I'm just saying that that's just like you don't know what it is. You know, you you just develop be if you if we've been betrayed as creatures on television. You're gonna get treated accordingly, so I understand. Yeah. So, so, so basically, that right there, in a nutshell, is exactly you know I I think that's someone how people you know you know they they get misconstrued and when they say you know police officers you know they, they only doing what not what they train but they doing what a lot of times what they seen on television because I had one of my best friends anniversary just passed, Officer William Torbett was a police officer. Great guy. Great guy. Grew up with him as, you know, as we was kids. 14 years old. And, you know, he was, you know, murdered as a police officer by his own kind. You know, so basically, you know, the, you know, it was a situation where as though they didn't know who he was. And yeah. so, I mean, Lord forbid, you know, things, you know, uh, uncertainty things happen or whatever, but the same thing, that's what happened with him. But let's not you know get too far away from this you know subject you know you're here today we want to talk about you and what's going on so what's on your mind tell you know the people out here you know let them know who are you what do you you know what do you bring to the table because right now you got a lot of rappers that's out here and that's from the city that's from you know that's from baltimore that's you know that you know that's making a little bit of noise out there so what sets you aside from everybody else that's out there you know, rapping. You know, coming from Baltimore. Because I can say right now, every you see like, you know, the guys out here in Baltimore, they you know, it seems like a lot of you got like one style, and you know, it sounds different. But like I say, you got that old school flow, and that right there to me, that sets you aside. But to you, I mean, from you know your perspective, what sets you aside from everybody else?
1: Well, I go by Chaz Splash. Uh, I just, I just tell the truth. Like I just keep it real with who I am. I grew up in Emerson Village and. I had the privilege of being able to, you know, move out eventually and go get education out in the county and I took advantage of that. So when I was out there, I started getting into like AP classes and stuff like that. So I wasn't about to, and I seen, you know, the streets from my window, from my doorstep, you know, I wasn't about to go tell lies and act like I was in the midst of the streets doing all the hustling and this, that, and the other, although I witnessed it go down with my friends and family. My thing was just like, how do I artistically express myself and be true to who I am? So I just talk about what I went through. You know, uh, I experienced the streets tangentially and I am a college graduate, a young black man in America with perspectives, ideas, opinions, and feelings that Need representation, you know. When I was growing up, I didn't hear a lot of rappers push into the mainstream that represented my perspective. Like I, I wanted to hear about people who f- were from the hood, but didn't necessarily do the same old, same old. They just resort to selling drugs. So I just want to be a light of positivity and positive influence to people who. You know, you might be up in Emerson Village Or Park Heights or any hood in America But you want to find a different option Other than just getting
0: on the corner Yeah, exactly, exactly Like I say, me, myself You know, bred 29 Emerson Village All my life You know, I've been around the whole city Everywhere and You know, I just seen, you know From witnessing a lot of crime And things like that Which, you know, witnesses A lot of my family members Going in and out of jail Things like that always seen like I want to do something different for myself. So for me, I moved back in my neighborhood. I've been up in the, in Emerson Village. I would say I don't even want to I only want to age myself, but I've been up there for a long time over 40 years. So i didn't seen the ups, the downs, and everything. And this is one of the reasons why I started this because it, I didn't came across a lot of young guys in this neighborhood that's actually not even just in Emerson Village in Baltimore everton where other 29 you know stretched to and i came up and i met a lot of people and nobody really have a platform on speaking or getting that word out there and things like that so i say you know let me go ahead develop something whereas though i can help my fellow brethrens and my sisters go ahead and you know speak their mind and help them give them a platform on whatever they're doing no matter what it is if it's the you know entrepreneur if you're, you know, if you want, you know, a community activist and things like that, this is the platform for you. So, like I say, that's why I call the streets talk, because the streets do talk. And, you know, I got my ear and I want to listen and I want to go help them speak. And with you, and I feel, you know, I I, I sit there and especially reading your bio and, and, you know, reading things on there that I never found, you know, never heard before. And then another thing on your song, you said that um, basically... About your dreams and you, you want to pursue your dreams and your dream is being an artist, being a rapper, producer, everything, all, all everything that, you know, in the entertainment field. And you said uh, that you stopped going to college. And I mean, that's not stopped going to college. You stopped working. You had a real good job. You was actually building community wealth, not actually community wealth, but you was actually building them, um, engineering, building buildings. That was last. That's going to last for a lifetime,s and things like that. So you, so you've seen the ends out of blue collar, white collar. So right now you want to be in entertainment collar. So what made you stop from leaving a great career? Because you got a lot of people in the, in the hood and things like that that looked at you probably like, man, I want to be where he is. He had a great job and everything. But then you say, I want to pursue my career in entertainment. So, you know, what, 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 you know, what, why did you choose to go from one route to another route? Because there's a lot of people out here now that is working jobs that saying, man, I don't want to be this job, but I want to be a singer, or I want to be, a, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, but this job right now is paying my bills. So what gave you that opportunity to take that leap of faith? Well,
1: you know, I started off with the foundation of having that degree. So uh-huh. I would always have something to fall back on. Um, with that engineering career. But, like, I never looked at my career shift as being geared towards entertainment, per se, Uh as much as I'm gearing towards art. You know, I remember when I was in first grade and they asked, like, what you want to do when you grow up? I always said I wanted to be an artist. And I always originally envisioned that as me doing visual arts. And that's really where my foundation is. And, you know, I would be at work and I would just be thinking about the art I'm gonna create when I get home. That's what I'll be thinking about that all day. And sometimes that would distract me at work. Sometimes I make a new song and listen to it all day. And I was just going through things at work where I was just like, man, I don't know if I really wanna go through this for 30 years. I don't know if I could really see myself sitting down and putting myself through this for 30 years and feel like I did the most with my opportunity. So i just took my fate into my own hands and i said i'm gonna leap out and become an entrepreneur and do things on my own and live my creed so my thought process was hey you know i'm not even 30 yet i got time so i'm going to take this chance and i'd rather be older and be like yo i took an l by taking this chance then be older and say, I took an L by never taking the chance. Exactly. And and I feel like with great risk comes great reward. So my thought process is really focused on getting W's. I look at this as I'm just chasing the W and I'm looking to win. You got people like two fans who, you know, got through the music, got to the music industry younger, but really broke through mid thirties. So I do know that some for some people it's a little longer of a process than others, but my whole thought process is just making a long-lasting career and something that I'm proud of, and creating a legacy that I can pass down to future generations, whether it be my children or people that I impact.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you know what's so crazy that brings me to you know, thinking about a story that I, had, you know, I, it came to a time in my life where, as though you know, when I've had my daughter, I'm going to school. I say, all right. Ever since I was a kid, I said, you know, I want to be an electrical engineer. Or somewhere in that field, construction, things like that, I done things like that for a while. So I got a job opportunity out of nowhere. Somebody gave me a piece of paper, signed up for it or whatever, out of nowhere. A couple of months later, I'm on my way going to a job interview. So yeah. <laughs> what's so funny is, and I, you know, I'm, I'm on a bus going to the job interview and everything. And my phone ring, I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, I don't know who this is, is out-of-state number know this number so bam i'm thinking this is like a telemarket or something like that didn't answer the phone hit it again call right back this must be somebody that know me something at this time everybody had those obama phones so i'm thinking somebody probably had one of those obama phones or something like that yeah. calling me so i answer the phone hey such and such a, hey how you doing i'm calling from such and such a, um mr long uh you know i want to offer you a job offer me a job yeah Oh, uh, yeah, such, such a, you know, you want to come in, you know, whatever, you know, come in, do the interview, whatever, you get your job or whatever. Ding, next stop. I'm going to a job interview to be a radio host on an internet, a radio show that was just starting up. Basically, it was, yeah, basically it was, um it was internship, to start out on a radio show or whatever. And I'm like, you know, that's something I probably wanted to do or whatever. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Run the bell. I say, you know what, I'm going with this. They, they taught me some good money. Good, you know, I ain't got to do nothing, good benefits and everything. So fast forward, make a long story short. Look what I'm doing now. Look <laughs> look where I'm at right now. You know, things right now with the quarantine and everything, a lot of people can't do no work and everything, you know. Bless the stay, you know, still got a job and everything. But now, this showed us that we gotta start doing other things. We gotta have entrepreneurships. We gotta start, if we're in if we start, you know, we we wanna sing, we wanna act, we wanna sew, we wanna sell cakes, cookies, anything. They're showing us right now and this is the opportunity this way we gotta step on up because what's going on right now inside the government and everything else right now if we not like, like Malcolm X said this is the time we gotta you know we gotta strategize we gotta come together with a plan because they out there fighting so while they fighting we gotta be planning and strategizing and yeah. I and I see right now with the uh, with the song as the mindset uh, elevates tell me a little bit about yeah. that song
1: I mean that. I- that song is just like really representing just where my mindset was at and how I felt. I actually can play it right now if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's let's get after, as the mindset evolves, jumping. Can you hear it? Yep. As a mindset he boss, The season start to change, as the mindset he boss, and season start to change, as the mindset he boss, and season start to change.
0: The tension is the car, I stand in my lane, as the mindset he boss. That's the mindset he boss. That's
1: the mindset he boss. Intention oh, is the car, I'm Do just staying in my lane. Learn not to move side to side, weaving through traffic. Talk decisions like it's over judgment and tragic Staying in my lane, the outcome is understanding. Going where I'm planning, straight line gathering. Niggas playing hopscotch in transit, they can't be. Why you telling lies in your rats, bro? You rambling. Shifty in the pockets you cute QB scrambling, Number eight In the open field Can you handle it? My accomplishments Have never been To my astonishment When I set a goal My intention is to conquer it hard and then go hard While I'm expanding it Start up a fire And then I'm fanning it Enjoying it fresh And then canning it Baking food with cannabis Measurements is accurate The product extravagant Middle fingers up To politicians Trying to banish us And cool To the black folk Who infiltrate the government As the mindset evolves The seasons start to change As the mindset evolves the boss and Caesar start to change. the change has the mindset boss and Caesar start change. the
0: change intention is car stand that's the mindset boss that's the mindset boss that's a mindset boss that's a cool example uh, of that song yeah exactly i i like that one because it's it's, it's a little mellow it's a little like lay back you know if you if you do what you want to do you know you, you know your Lord or not with your WBs, I don't wanna say white boys, but if you're a little white boy roll back you got your little cognac sipping and everything like that, that's what you you know that's what you vibe to, something right there. But one thing like I always talk about, what's that uh the song with what's that number ten. You, you know, can you play that for us, you know, if you want if you want. I'm gonna be yeah. honest.
1: That's one of my favorite songs in the project.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that one. And the one with the woo beat, the one I say it it got me like a little like a little like a old school like a uh, like a little old school woo beat. I think that was it wasn't Black Business Owner. I think it might was credit over. Um, no, it was due to math. I love that one. Uh, it was due to math. Like I can, like I say, I can sit up here. I can listen to this on the way to work, coming home from work, and just sitting there vibe. And it's not, it, it's not like one of them albums where it's though all right, I hear this on the radio all the time. All right, I hear that, I hear this. Like damn, there's nothing else on there. So it's right. like you have some picks. Like I say, it's what you say. It's twenty two on there, twenty two yes. cuts on there. Usually, like right now, everybody putting out EPs. You know, everybody doing their seven songs here and things like that to put, but to put out this is basically like a double. This is a double album right here. You giving you giving the people a lot of music, a lot of music. Yeah, my
1: my whole approach to the creation of this was I wanted to make something that was timeless. I wanted to make something that could be qualified as a classic. I want this to be a project that, like I said on one of the songs that you know I was listening to, Tears by Wu and that's 30 years old, and I just pray that my music has some of that same longevity. I want people, you know, in 2050 to hear what I'm talking about and be like, wow, you know, he was really on to something. I would love if 20, 25 years from now, I'm listening to the radio and a song that's number one in the country is sampling some of my lyrics or some of my beats, you know? I mean, of course, I'm going to get some revenue. <laughs> yeah. As far as the influence standpoint, that's something that, that I really, you know, would love to have as an artist.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, 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 you know, basically, with that saying, with the black business owner, and that's what we need more right now. Because we don't have a lot of black business owners right now. And the neighborhood I'm in right now, and mr jesse is the only black store owner that's in emerson village right now that won't let to go he won't let go of that store for nothing on the my bus kid. stop that and good, and my favorite one of my favorite spots growing up as a kid was the barbershop up at emerson village that yeah. barbershop right there i've been in there like my mother will call up there and say hey look here shelton Help on on this way up there to go get a haircut i'm like five six years old i'm cut through the back of the shopping center <laughs> like i'm grown I'm gonna get me a haircut um, he's coming up there, make sure you watch him, you know, give a haircut, give him the Lord, even Steve and go in or whatever. <laughs> and if you say give him a part, don't give him no part. <laughs> I'm 40 years old now, I got a part in my head. Yeah. I'm giving me a part, My I got a part in my head. <laughs> I that yeah. And they closed down.
1: Yeah, they did i heard that they closed at the top of the year uh, my grandfather told me but i had a lot of good memories in that barber shop man i remember one day because like when i was like 12 it was like every other week i'm going up there to go get a haircut and i just had like a routine i go in there and i get my place in line then i step out i go to writing next door to go get like a gatorade and some chips uh-huh. i go up the street to lake trout because you know, everybody got their
0: own plates of the village that got their favorite. Yeah. Don't start me. Box of the village was up Lake Trout. So I was Lake electronic my children. Me, I was a Brian's Kitchen fan. Everybody on Royal Curry, I was a Brian's Kitchen fan. The chicken, the, the, man, the Western fries up there, to me, was the best. Okay. See, Royal Curry, when I came up, they didn't curry Western fries. All they had was the regular fries. They was the original people to me that came up with the chicken boxes actually in the white box, $3.15, because my, if you listen to this, don't, don't pay no attention, but be cut out of school at Rhino Heights, in elementary school, rolling, rolling, <laughs> rolling deoses. <laughs> you had me? Cutting out of school to go get a chicken box. All of us out $3.15, we put together, got a chicken box. It was the best thing i ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, and they were the best ones, but... Roll curry, I mean But bronze kitchen I don't know What they was putting in I think they was putting Crack in there Or something Because there was like Some old Tyrone's Hip hop <laughs> With a little <laughs> It couldn't know. Uh, it, it, No It definitely couldn't have, It couldn't have been No uh, Chick-fil-A Because Chick-fil-A You know It is a Christian spot So they ain't gonna Have no crack in this stuff crack Then again I don't know <laughs> they chicken. They chicken. Yeah You, know <laughs> you hip hop And you
1: say
0: Yo I want extra crack Yeah I Yo, you know what you talking about I'm gonna find out You know what that's a podcast episode, y'all. I'm going, I'm going over there. I'm trying to say what's in secret sauce. I know they ain't got no dogs there, so it ain't that, that, that Big bean commercial, but I know they ain't got no dogs there. We're going to go over there. We're going to find out what's inside the ingredients because I know they got some crack inside of it. It's something inside there. Well, it's like that movie that came with TV when the dudes dropped the weed inside, inside to the batter. <laughs> you know, a movie I'm talking about. <laughs> nah, but <laughs> look, I be doing that. I make the animals
1: myself, so I know all of our confidence.
0: <laughs> they putting something aside there. I seen the movie. Uh, I think T.I. was in there or something. And somebody knocked over some weed by mistakes. So the next thing you know, they had lines all the way around the corner to get yeah. that chicken. So that had me believing that Popeye's and it was doing the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I chicken doing something, man. They just, they,
1: I feel like they just popped up out of nowhere in like 2008 and they just took Baltimore over.
0: They putting something in there that'll be like I don't know if it's the red Kool-Aid inside the bottom. <laughs> they putting something inside there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, they're taking great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and
1: Lake South burnt down, man, when the village caught
0: fire like two years ago. Yeah, man, they got pretty much everything up there right now. From the, I say about four store, four or five stores was gone, and then you had some. Uh, I think that was no, not the yeah, the bank. No, yeah, the bank you know took up a couple of spots or whatever, so that's gone. So the shopping center, that I know that I remember that I grew up with carrying bags from people going to the car. That was our hustle. We carrying bags, we selling pieces, we selling everything up there in the shop. center. So that's how we made our money. You know, we we hauled the girls up there, everything. But like right now, it just it's it's, it's nothing. So that's why I want to help bring something back there to this neighborhood because there is nothing up there right now but chicken and hair stores. Chicken hair stores. And it ain't black owned. None of this black owned. And it's one guy that pretty much own everything. How are you going to be one person you own every... You own two different hair stores and you... Come on now. So, it's like... So right. You you're changing the colors of the vows? What are you doing? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up one second. For the people that's out there listening, they don't know what they're saying. Change the cover. To, Changing colors of the vowels are when you have the same kind of product and you want to move it from one corner to another corner. So you put different colors on there and you call it a different name. That's something that comes from the uh, the inner city of, the, uh, from the hood, from any city that you live in. I'm not going to say what's inside of those things, but it's things inside there and allegedly insane. The yeah, wash the wire and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> Shout out to the wire because they put Baltimore on the map at my job. Every time people came through there, they kept on saying, "Is Baltimore like the how the wire is? Is this?" That's what they used to ask me. Yeah, I got asked that a lot in Seattle.
1: Yeah. And I was like, "It's
0: similar. I mean, it's
1: not one for one. The wire is kind of dramatic, but there are similar things that happen in
0: Baltimore." Exactly, like I say, I mean, it's just a regular movie like Law and Order. To say, you know, just been pulled from screen. It's the same thing, but they just fabricated it a little bit to make it more interesting for everybody else to watch. That's right. all it is. But it did a lot of things when they betray how the city is, you know, on, like, our mentality here in Baltimore and the yeah, things that we like, do.
1: Like, when they was talking about, when they had the people from over west who was talking about how they never went over east. That was <laughs> really cool. bro, I never I never went over east until I started college, though. <laughs>
0: because I went, I went to Morgan. Oh, man. Morgan, Morgan over east. I
1: hadn't been over East until I went to
0: college. I felt like I was in another state, and I was fifteen <laughs> minutes away. Exactly. So y'all people out there that's listening, people in Baltimore—if you live over West Baltimore, you don't go over East Baltimore for some parent reason. People don't do it. You over East Baltimore, you don't go West. It's a whole other city, but it's only five minutes away. It's only one street, pretty much, to divide Baltimore from East to West. That and we had like a beef about it. If it's, it's Charles the exact Street. Same but two different total cultures. Totally exactly. Cultures. Exactly. Like, yeah.
1: When people try to say that like, when people try to say Baltimore is a DMV, I'm like, no, our culture is totally different from them. But exactly. This,
0: even within Baltimore, over west and over east got total different cultures. <laughs> it's, is. and my man, my, <laughs> my man on Facebook always put these, uh, quotes up there about East Baltimore people do this and East Baltimore people do this or whatever. It's so funny because, me growing up is we always had this stigma saying about East Baltimore, this East Baltimore, that, and like they say same thing about us. Like I look at it like this, and people like on the national or people in New York look at it like this. I look at it as like East Baltimore is Brooklyn, West Baltimore was Harlem. We kind of like more finesse, more like flashy. Getting a little bit of money over, but we like to show off. East Baltimore, like a little grimy, but you know you got a few people. They, you know, they might. I might probably get a lot of hate mail out here for this or whatever. But you got people that want to be, you know, this little fresh and all of that. But it's like they more grimier. But then you ask somebody over East Baltimore, they say, "Man, them them dudes over West Baltimore, they grimy. I don't trust them and they rats and all that kind of stuff." But we don't look at it like that because we do. We feel differently about. It's like you got to be from Baltimore to understand what we're saying about. East to West. And South Baltimore was something like totally whole different. That's a whole nother world yeah, by South, itself.
1: South <laughs>
0: Don't nobody want to go there. <laughs> like, it's just like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, and, and shout out to my South Baltimore because I grew up in South Baltimore. I, I was raised in South Baltimore for the most part. I got a lot of family in Charlie Hill. Brooklyn area. Shout out to Brooklyn. 10th Street, for Homeboys or whatever, Charlie Hill and all of that. I grew up out there. So I lived out there for a few years, so I understand. I always can't say it. It's like, don't let nothing happen to me on Cherry Hill because the police had never show up. Sorry, but this is back in the early 2000s or whatever. It was different because I'd have seen some things out there. It was like, that's just a whole other world by itself or whatever. <laughs> that's just, it's something different, whatever. Yeah,
1: it's it its own unique
0: exactly. It's like, you got to be there to understand.
1: Done, Like.
0: You know what? I think that's what K.R.S. Swiss was, I think that's what OPP was talking about when they said, if you ain't never been to the ghetto, don't never come to the ghetto because you wouldn't understand the ghetto. And that's basically what Cherry Hill is. If you ain't never been to Cherry Hill, if you ain't live in Cherry Hill, don't never come to Cherry Hill because you don't understand I mean, pretty, <laughs> so so <laughs> <you're> <laughs> Cherry Hill. So say the fuck out of Cherry Hill. you're not to be there. Man, not I, one single reason. but it's some of the funnest times I had in my life out there. So I, I mean, from Hill. yeah, it's some of my funnest times that I in had out there. Shout out there, you know, out there to the Taylor family. You know, we out there real dick, uh, real thick out there and everything. So you know, I love me some Cherry Hill, but let's get back into this album, though. We don't want to get yeah. too far from there. And um, so w- so what makes you start, you know, start writing, you know, me start making beats? Because you don't get a lot of artists that goes from rapping to making beats. You get a lot of people, you know, a lot of DJs that want to be rappers. But you don't get a lot of rappers say, you know what? I want to start learning how to DJ and things like that. So what made? So what made you start? You know, rapping or was you all? Was you a beat maker? Did you start making beats first and then started rapping?
1: Well, I really started off as a visual artist, like drawing pictures and drawing comic books and stuff. And back in like 2012, I was just freestyling with some of my friends. We just had a cipher, and what I was saying was resonating with them. They was liking, and they was like, "Yo, you should really." tap in and start writing. So I just started writing and and getting with producers to make songs and stuff. And uh, when I released my last project in 2018, I spent mad money on beats. Like I had a beat on there that I dropped like $600 on to have it exclusive. And when I uploaded the music video and stuff to YouTube, it was saying all this stuff about how the song belonged to somebody else. And I was like, what the heck? Because people do like beat leases and stuff. Yeah. And I, I just didn't want to go through that anymore. And I wanted to make sure that I could make sure my whole project had a cohesive sound. So I was just like, I'm just going to learn how to make beats. And, you know, it's a lot cheaper, too. So it was just like so many positive. Yeah. So But the only thing about it was the only thing that was expensive was the time investment. I had to invest a lot of time to get my beat production right. It's like them beats that I made in the beginning, even beats that I was making like in October of nineteen did not sound like what I'm making today. And that's just from experience. You know, I kind of treat it like a video game. Like if you get a video game, like, 2K or something, and you put it on the hardest difficulty, and you never played before. You gonna be getting jacked up for a while. <laughs> but if you keep playing it every day, eventually you learn different nuances. You learn different things to get better at, and then eventually you become good. So that was just my approach to making beats. So I just kind of embodied that quote that that Kanye had said about making five beats a day for three summers between October 2019 and december of 2020 i had multiple weeks where i was making 12 13 14 15 beats a day i made over 400 beats over that year span, just working to get better studying it all the time just working to get better to just get my sound right just so i could you know carve a lane for myself
0: yep that's personal growth that's personal growth right there because you can't, like I tell my daughter all the time, you know, she, you know, she, you know, she like to play basketball. She play ball and everything. So, and she don't like, she don't like practice. Yeah. Practice. We talking about practice. Yeah. We talking about practice and she don't like it. So I keep trying to tell you, you cannot like Steph Curry is not going to go out there and just be, we don't see too much talent. where though you can just come off the bench. And just start shooting balls, and you making threes, and you just hot out there all day long. You're not gonna see that all day long. You gotta be practice You gotta practice. Practice makes perfect, and that's the only way you gotta do. So, like you say, you stem from your growth from 2018. You making your beats until like now. You feels like that. You know, and you, you you never stop learning. But you feel like right now that you like, damn, I'm better than I was two, three years ago. Than I am right now. I could probably about in five years, I probably be great.
1: Like, you know, years ago, 2015, 2016, 2017, I didn't know how to actually put in all the maneuvers myself Uh to make beats and stuff. But because I used to play instruments growing up, I I knew, I kind of knew somewhat how to arrange stuff. So I would just tell producers like, hey, yo, chop that up like this or put that drum there or I don't like the sound of that kick, use a different kick. I would tell them stuff like that, but, you know, Once I locked in and focused on doing that myself, I developed a whole greater skill set. And in addition to that, learning mixing and mastering, which is something I've really been studying since 2015, if you study mixing and mastering enough, that's going to teach you how to produce damn near. So studying both of them together really helped me. And, you know, the combination of that and being an artist I I feel like that really accelerated my growth, and then having that background or that engineering degree, that really helped me have a leg up, because the biggest takeaway from that degree was learning how to study, Uh learning how to teach myself something fast, because when I was in school, and they telling me, like, yo, you got to understand how to analyze a bridge, I'm like, what? So... You know, over a couple weeks, I'd have to teach myself the subject. So, you know, with the music, I just keep treated the same way.
0: And that's amazing because that's just cutting out the middleman. Why not? If you want to, if, if you, and, that's a, and that's a lesson learned right there for everyone else that's out there that's listening. When you go out here online buying these beats, there's a lot of people out there hungry. It's just like being on the streets. You got people out here that's that's out here on the streets out here that's doing the same thing that's, go, that's grimy, that's just trying to make a quick buck. So you go out here, you go spend your money on these beats, and you thinking like, oh man, this song right, I've been working on this for the longest time. I think this is a song that's going. I'm gonna make it on. And then you come to find out, for the license, you cannot, you can't publish the video or the song or anything because someone else then sold the song to someone else. So that's a great lesson right there to let you know, you guys out there to know. It's out there, people. It's it's people grime in the industry right now. So don't think because. You made it from the, you know, you left the streets or whatever, and you're going to go out here and you want to be an artist and everything that you, there's not people out here that's going to try to, not, I mean, that's not going to try to take advantage of you. Just look at all, just go back and look at all the old shows on a lot of people, a lot of kids stars that they've been taken advantage of, and a lot of music industry people, big name people that they didn't start making money into 10, 15 years later to one person to like my favorite artist. Of all times, and not just saying like a lady artist, but one of my favorite artists. And when I first heard her on the radio as a kid, it like blew my mind, Which was uh, Roxanne Shantae. And yeah, as you can dope. see, she she, dope, she got taken advantage of. So, and she tell you every single day. I mean, that's why I love her because she tell you every single day. And that's what we're here for because we're here to let people know. We trying to anything that's educational that's going to help all people that you ain't gonna get the information if you watch ET or all these other shows and things like that so on television they ain't gonna tell you the the ins and outs and everything like we you know basically like this we coming from nothing but we trying to make something so we trying to get back the jewels of letting everybody know on the way look here this is what I came across what I came across this is what they're going to do this is what they are trying to do to me and things like that so that's a good thing for. For us to have this, you know, this platform like this for everybody else to go and see things like this, because I don't want to see no one else being, uh, uh, what's his name, Arnold from Different Strokes, and your family taking advantage of them, or you going to the or like another TLC things like that, people getting taken advantage of. That's why you got to be book smart. Not saying you know that you got to go to school and go to college and you know that's you know all good and everything, but you got to have to read. That's where everything is inside the books. You have to read
1: study, you gotta. It don't matter if you go to school or not, but if you not actively looking to learn things about whatever you're doing, whatever field you're in, you playing yourself. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn because whatever you're not learning, there's somebody who you're competing with who is learning, and exactly gonna put you in a compromising position in the future.
0: Exactly, it's always someone that's working a little harder than you, and that goes back. Like I heard the saying that it was though uh it's a lion every single day wake up looking to go catch a gazelle and it's a gazelle every day that's looking to outrun a lion so he's this gazelle trying to be the fastest gazelle that is out there in the world and this lion love they look for gazelles he's trying to be the fastest gazelle out there in the world i mean fastest lion out there in the world so what he got to do this gazelle got to run outrun this lion every single day so let, make a long story short is It's someone that is always working just as hard as you If not as hard as you Even harder to try to catch, catch you Or pass you Or try to eat you on the way going up So that's what you have to do You got to work harder You got to you got to work on your craft You got to work on your craft If you don't work on your craft I mean you can't be that arrogant and say Look I'm just a man You know you can't have that diva mentality
1: Yeah and And that kind of leads back to one of the questions you asked before about like why did I choose this career path? And really, I just thought about what's something that I want to spend thousands and thousands of hours of my life doing.
0: Exactly. And
1: I'd like to spend thousands and thousands of hours of my life making music and making art. That's what I. That's what I'm into. Selling art. Like I made this hat. I made this shirt. I. You know, I'm into creating things. That's just the type of person I've always been. Whether it be me creating buildings uh-huh. or creating art, cre- creating art of any sort, you know I'm just that type of person. I'm into creation.
0: Exactly, and that's a, that's a good thing. That's exactly why I think they came out with Legos, <laughs> because Legos every kid should have Legos. If you don't have Lego, if you didn't ever brought your kids some Legos, buy your kids some Legos and some Play-Doh, because you create and you can sit there in front of some Play-Doh and you'd be there for 30 hours and you only probably came out with an ugly, <laughs> ugly ashtray. But you sit there, you took your time out, and you thought about what you wanted to do, and you try to perfect it. Because I hated arts and crafts when I went to school. The best thing about arts and crafts when I went to school was because I wasn't learning enough, and I could sit up there and sit anywhere in class I want, by anybody I want, and have fun. But to sit there and learn about arts and crafts, they like, the, the the mind and your hands going with each other, Like to, to put something together, is like seeing something from nothing, from a piece of paper, from a piece of clay, and molding it into something that's going to basically be there forever. It's basically yeah. amazing to see something from the bottom to the finishing to the finishing touches. It's like it's amazing.
1: Yeah, man, and I definitely appreciate you, you know, having me on your platform to you know talk some some game and and really talk about this project all together because uh, you know February tenth. Do more math. Uh, basically, a double album, twenty-two <laughs> songs. Uh, bringing back that golden era feel man I'm really about to i think this song this album is really going to do some things i think it's going to change the way people look at me i think it's going to change the way people look at my art and i think it's going to shine a positive light on myself and Baltimore.
0: yeah i believe so too like i say it's a lot of custom here you're doing a lot of educational speaking you i mean you basically we took that platform and say, "Look, you know what? I'm here. I might as well go and speak some truth. I'm not going to sit up here and tell people some lies and all this fictional things like that. I'm going to put, put the truth out there, and I'm not going to lie. Like I, I'm, I feel so. I'm a hip hop head. I love hip hop. Lyrics is what I love. I can. You can have an acapella album out, long as it got some lyrics and some content on there. I'm in it. So I, I guess I get this a th- some, some, some thumbs up. Uh, honestly, I got to get you into the studio. You got to perform. We gotta bring you to the studio to perform. So before we get up out of here, won't you go and give everybody your information where they can find you about the album, everything, all of that. You know your information and you know everything.
1: Well, I'm Chad Splash on everything. C h a z z Splash. If you type that in on Google, you're gonna find me. If you type it in on whatever you listen to music to. More than likely, you're gonna find me. Uh, the album drops February 10th. I'll be selling it on my website. I'll be selling it on Bandcamp. And we will have it on streaming services, too. The album is called Do More Math. And uh, I just want to end this interview by shouting out Alfie for this great time and this podcast. Appreciate it. Shouting out my Uncle Rock. He helped put this together. Free Rock.
0: Yep. Shout shout out to my man, Rock. We love you, man. Shout out to you. We're going to see you here shortly. Chad Splash, my man. I appreciate everything stepping up on here, coming up on Streets Talk podcast. Appreciate everything. This is a platform for you for any time you want to come through. This is home for you. So welcome to the streets. Holl at you. Peace.